Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to talk today in my message. I want to talk about here I am, Lord. And um, it's a play on words, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, as I shared last week in my message, from cave to kingdom, I think these are important times for us as a church and as individuals. I think God is leading us out of tight, restrictive spaces, many of us in our lives, where we've been confined and struggled to say, God, where, where are you leading me? It just doesn't seem like there's breakthrough. And so last week I talked about how, um, you know, David in his time in the cave, the cave of Adullam, which actually means sealed in place, David had his sealed in place, um, King David, and it led to him becoming king after seven years of running away from King Saul. It was a tough time in his life, and I talked about how, uh, like the moth in the cocoon, we are often in tight spots, and part of the journey to growth is the need to come out of those tight spots. So I talked about that, and I believe that as a church, the reason I shared it last week was I believe as a church, we're going to come out of some tight places. I think we've been in some tight spots. And um, if, you know, as a church and as individuals, you know that sometimes you're praying and you're believing and those things don't give way right away. But often it's because God's doing something in our hearts and his timing is perfect in our lives. So I encourage you, if you miss that message, I believe it's online now and you can listen to it. And I think it would encourage you. So I talked about that on September 1st. I talked about everywhere you set your foot. And so that message was all about God wants each of us to take our promised lands. Now, I was looking at how Joshua, you know, was across from the Jordan River, ready to go into the promised land God was giving the people of Israel. And God told him, everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give you. Interesting that God had told the parameters of what he was giving his people. He'd, he'd marked it out for the children of Israel, but they wouldn't get it if they didn't step into it. Interesting, right? So God gives us plans. God gives us promises. But he says, you got to step it out. you got to walk it out step by step. Uh, it's not just going to come to you. And I also talked about how, interestingly, the nation of Israel actually never fully occupied the whole area. If you look at the area God said they were going to have, they never, ever totally took it. They stopped. They stopped advancing. And that can happen in our lives, too. We stop advancing. We're like, good enough. This is good enough. And God says, hey, I want you to go deeper. I want you to keep going. So we talked about that and how our, our colleagues and our neighbors and our friends and our family, these are all promised lands. In other words, these are people God wants to show his love to through us. And so the encouragement was that we need to look how step by step we can walk in to the areas that, that God has called us to. So today I, 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 I want to look at that further. I want to look at how we can respond to God's call, how we can hear him. Because hearing and listening to him is so important if we're actually going to step things out. We can't, we can't step forward into what God has for us if we don't hear him. Now, there's something else I wanted to share at this time. I, I figured I'd just fold it into the message. Because, you know, I believe as a church we are in a season of shifting. I believe we are, like I said, in a season where God's going to bring about change and, uh, and some shifting in some areas. And so one of the things that I wanted to share about was, was to do with uh, our son, Casey. So Casey Bird has been on staff here with, with Val and me and uh, Bev and Lisa Perez. And, 
um, all those that are working together part-time or full-time uh, for the last year or so. And um, so along with him and his wife, Lauren, and Val and I, we've been praying in the last little while about what the future holds. Now, two years ago, they got married and immediately went on an internship to Winnipeg. And um, so within, you know, two months, they were in Winnipeg and served there the whole year, worked quite hard, and then came back here in July, started staff, uh, Casey started on staff with me um, to help with the church here. So that was the plan all along, which has been good. And they've been with us then. He's been with me on staff since then. But, you know, over the last little while, we've just been praying about what that looks like. And I think it's always good to never assume that God just wants things to continue on the same way, that there might be some other things he wants to do. And so he's actually been offered another job, uh, something that isn't in the church world, so to speak. It's another position. And so we've been praying, is that something for him? Or uh, is he still to be here? Or what does that look like? So bottom line is the sense we've had. And I spent some time fasting and praying recently. And uh, they spent time praying. And the conclusion and the sense we had is that, no, it's, it's a season for him to shift into that. And so uh, it hasn't been finalized yet, but it's going to be very shortly, and uh, he'll, be, he'll be moving on. So I want to make you aware of that, that Casey will, will be going off staff with us here at Church of the Rock. Now, I just want to, that, that it might immediately create some questions, right? Because you're saying, well, Casey did a certain amount of work, and he did certain things. How will that be? Well, I just want to encourage you with something, that we're working on that, and we're going to cover off the different pieces that that he, he has covered, and it might be several people in different ways. And one of the things that God's spoken to me about as I've considered this is that we need to be creative. And sometimes we get stuck in a box saying, well, it has to be like this, exactly like that, and what will I do? And then God says, well, I'm creative. I'll show you what to do. It'll be okay. And so I have absolute confidence it'll be okay. I have absolute confidence that God's leading our church forward. And, uh, you know, sometimes it looks like, well, okay, well, what'll happen? You know what? God knows. And we, we've, you know, the thing, church, that I'm so excited about is uh, we're, we're here. We're still here after all these years. And uh, it just shows God's hand on us. And God has never caught us off guard by anything. And so I want to encourage you to respond in faith and just say, okay, God, what's next? What are you going to do next? How's, how's this going to progress? You have a plan. You have a way. Can you do that with me? Can you, can you uh, pray with us about that? And also just bless Casey. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a season for him with a new baby coming. And just with even them um, starting to serve and to work so hard right off the hop from getting married. I think actually for them as a couple this next season, I think it's a good season for them. Just to get their feet under them in some ways. And, and uh, you hear my heart on that. So bless that. Bless them. And then just pray for our church in faith. Just say, okay, God, what does that look like? What are you going to do next? Because, God, this church is your idea. And you obviously are working here. So you have a plan. And uh, that would be my encouragement to you. All right? So let's move to my message then. Kind of folded that in there. And let's move back to the message. By the way, if you have any questions about this, feel free to ask me. I am totally available to answer any questions you have. So God's trying to speak to us all the time. I believe that. I believe God is constantly trying to speak to us, share things with us. I think he's available. But I think often we're not aware. And so the thing that I'm learning and seeing is presenting myself to him and being available is the key. I want to share a story with you from 1 Samuel 3. And this is a story. It's called 1 Samuel, and it's a story about Samuel. 
Isn't it amazing how logical the Bible is sometimes, right? So Samuel, the boy Samuel, just a little background on him. His mother wanted a baby so badly, and she couldn't have a child. And so she went to the temple, and she was praying, and she basically told God, if you give me a child, I'll commit him to you for his whole life. And so God said, okay. And so she went home, and, and she became pregnant. And to her word, true to her word, I think the child was weaned, several years old. She took him back to the temple. Can you imagine this, moms? Hey, this wouldn't be easy, right? Taking your child back to the temple to be, you know, with Eli, the priest, and the others, and saying, hey, um, my child, God, you gave my child to me, and so I'm taking him back, and he'll be in the, the, the care of these people. And she'd go up once a year, and she'd take him a new coat, it says, and she'd see him, but she didn't see him all the time. She gave him over to the Lord. You know what was amazing? God gave her other children after that. So she had Samuel, she gave Samuel to the Lord, and then God gave her other children. Amazing how God is. He's so faithful. So this, this boy Samuel was dedicated to God from an early age, obviously from his birth. And so he was ministering before the Lord. In those days, it says this, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Think about that. The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, people weren't hearing from God. I don't know about you, but when I don't hear from God, when the word of the Lord in my life is rare, it doesn't go well for me. Anybody else like that? doesn't go well for me. When I'm not sensing him speak to me, when I go through a dry season, anybody ever been there? And I'm like, I don't hear you, God. feels like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. It doesn't go well. Well, think about the nation of Israel. Not going well for them. The word of the Lord is rare. Visions are rare. People aren't hearing from God. And so this is the era they're in. So one night it says, Eli, his eyes are becoming so weak he could barely see was lying down his usual place. A lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark was. Now, the ark represented God's presence, right? In the Old Testament of the Bible, it, it describes how, you know, today God lives in us. And sometimes we take this for granted. He lives in us. The Bible is clear that, that when we come to know Jesus and we accept him into our lives, that his the Spirit of God comes to live in our hearts. It, the Bible literally tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Have you really thought about that? The temple of the Holy Spirit. So in those days, that didn't happen. They had a physical temple, a physical tent, actually. And they had all these, you know, religious setup to approach God. And then inside was the ark, which had you know, carved cherubim of gold, and it was amazing. But that represented God's presence. He would dwell there. Can you imagine that? He would dwell there. He did not dwell in people. And so you had to go to a physical location and make sacrifices in order to experience God's presence. So Samuel is actually lying, it says, where the ark of God was. So he's lying in, in, the, in the, basically the temple in that sense. And it says, then the Lord called Samuel. So Samuel hears someone call him, Samuel. And it says, he answers, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Right? You can just imagine him standing there by his bed like, here I am, Eli, what do you want? It's the middle of the night. Eli says, I didn't call you, go back, lie down. Okay, must be hearing things. So he went and lay down again. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he goes to Eli again, here I am, you called me. What can I do, sir, kind of thing. 
I didn't call you. Would you quit bugging me? I'm trying to sleep. What are you doing, right? So go back, lie down. Now it says in verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Interesting. So here's, think about this for a minute. Samuel's in this tent of meeting, this place, this temple, this tabernacle. The ark is there, but he doesn't know God yet. Isn't it inter- Think about this for a minute. Isn't it interesting that you and I could be in proximity to God's presence? We could even be in places where people are worshiping God, and we don't necessarily connect with him yet? You ever thought about that? How did Samuel not know God yet? But God hadn't appeared to him. God hadn't revealed himself to him yet. He was just a young boy. So the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That's what it says. A third time, God's persistent. The Lord calls Samuel. Samuel gets up, goes to Eli again. Here I am, you called me. Now, the guy that's kind of slow here is Eli, right? Samuel's never heard God's voice. Eli has. He's probably not hearing it currently. Okay, there's no visions. Word of the Lord's rare. So Eli's not really connected like he should be. But I mean, this is three times now. Hey, Eli, I'm here, right? And it says, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Duh. Right? Okay. Oh, wait a minute. God speaks to people. Maybe God's talking to Samuel. Well, he gets it. So Eli tells Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord, I love this part. The Lord came and stood there. (laughs) Wow. Calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. I wonder what that looked like. The Lord came and stood there, probably like an angel. Probably a presence, an angel standing there. The angel of the Lord in the, the Old Testament, it talks about the angel of the Lord. That was, that was actually often a pre, what they call it, Christophany. It was a, you know, Jesus showing up before he's actually born on the earth. I know it's hard for us to fathom that. So the Lord stood there. It's possible that it was like Jesus standing there. Physically, like the Lord stood there and said, Samuel, I mean, that would, that would wake you up. And so, so Samuel says, speak for your servant is listening. And then God goes on to tell Samuel all about what's going to happen to Eli and his household. As a priest, you know, for the first time hearing God, what God tells Samuel is pretty serious. He basically tells him he's going to judge Eli's household. Eli's not been a good priest. All of his people are going to get wiped out, including Eli. Like, seriously, the word he gives them is not a light, hey, Samuel, I just want you to know I love you. It's like, hey, Samuel, I want to tell you, your boss, I'm going to wipe him out. That's what God is telling Samuel. <laughs> Pretty heavy if you, if you read it. But what's my point in this? Well, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You know, one of our sons, I won't say who, but one of our sons, four sons, one of them, when we would talk to him, if he didn't feel like you were paying attention to him, he would grab your face and make sure you were looking at him when he was speaking to you. Grab your face. Because, you know, like he could be talking and fine, you're doing something else. But he was like, no, he's not. That's not good enough. He'd be like grabbing your face like you were looking at me and now I'm talking to you. Now, why do I tell you that? Because I think that's somehow the way God is in a way, right? I think sometimes we're like, hey, God, talk to me. I'm just going to go about my, my life. You just speak. Whenever you want to speak, God, just speak to me. And I'm just going my merry way. And I think sometimes God says, hey, hey, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It's like Samuel, right? Uh, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. 
In other words, you got my attention. I'm, I'm looking to you. I'm listening, right? You hear what I'm saying? Samuel, yes, Lord. You got my attention. My face is turned towards you. I think that that's what we need to see there. And I think sometimes in our lives, in my, okay, I'll speak personally, not about you. I'll speak about myself. Sometimes I want to hear God speak, but I haven't really turned my attention to him. It's like, yeah, God, uh, you know, please speak to me. I'm, I'm kind of busy over here with all this other stuff. But, you know, if you could intersect my life and talk to me about these things. And he's like, whoa, son, here, uh, could you turn your face and look at me? Could you give me your attention? I need to speak to you, but I want your attention. Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. You have my attention. Now, that sounds simple. You're like, wow, that's not heavy, heavy revelation. But I think that often that's the way we live. I think we're in a culture that's really used to busyness, really used to whirlwinds, really used to activity, right? And we think God's just going to intersect our activity. He'll just, hey, I bless you, son, and your activity. I'll just intersect it. And I think what God says, hey, hold on a minute. Um, I'm trying to get your attention. Now, would you carve out some time, carve out some focus, and put it on me? Because when you do, I'm going to come and speak to you. And I have some things to share with you. I have some big things, small things. I have things that will maybe impact other people. But I want to talk to you. But you're not, you're not letting me. You're just kind of here and there and all over. And honestly, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody here. I think we're so busy sometimes. Our life is so full. We say, I have no time even for God. I have no time to listen to him. Well, when I get into that mode, I'm like, well, hold on a minute here. You're too busy. You're way too busy. Because what is the primary thing that we're to be about? Think about it. Why are you and I on this earth? To worship God, right? Like, honestly, if we go down to the basic fundamental purpose, we were created to worship and glorify our God in what we do, in how we live, in our, in our, our words and in our, our, our thoughts and in our deeds. We are meant to elevate and honor him and worship him. That's what we we're created for. So how does that intersect with our days? How, how can I live a life where he is central and yet everything else like a spoke comes out? And I can worship him. I can live for him in my job, in my neighborhood, in my family. See, I think that's the question. And so I think we get separated. And part of it is we get separated from him. And we don't hear him anymore. We don't hear his still small voice. We're not listening. We're not presenting ourselves. I think it's dangerous. And I think it's part of our worship. Hear me on this. Part of our worship is presenting ourselves to him so he can speak with us and guide us. That's part of our worship. And when we get too busy for that, we're lacking something. Now we're just getting into works. Now it becomes religion. Now it becomes, oh, I got to do this again. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Oh, this is tiring, right? Anybody been there? Anybody there right now? Don't put your head up. It's okay. But seriously, we get there. It gets pretty dry pretty fast, pretty old. And God says, I don't want that. So here's what God does. He initiates. It says here, I'm going to read the last part in verse 17. It says in verse 18, actually, Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him, from Eli. Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what he is good in his eyes. And in verse 19, I love this. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. What does that mean? Samuel was an amazing prophet. What he said came about. Samuel, was, Samuel could hear God. 
Samuel had direct access because his words, none of them fell to the ground. Whatever he prophesied was he was hearing God and he was speaking it. And it says the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. That's the place where the tabernacle was. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Samuel became the conduit for Israel. Samuel became the person that God spoke to and began to speak again to Israel. Now, see, let me just say one more thing. We don't need that today. We don't need a Samuel to hear from God. Isn't that amazing? In those days, they needed Samuel. They needed a prophet that would tell them what God was saying. We don't need that. We, we can have that. God uses that through his Holy Spirit. There are prophets and he uses gifts to speak to us. But you and I can hear from the Holy Spirit directly. Isn't that amazing? You and I can hear God's voice. I think sometimes we need to revel in that a bit and even marvel that that's the case. God, I can have access to you anytime. I can actually sit with you and you can speak to me. All right. So the first thing is God initiates. God initiates. It says, then the Lord called Samuel. You know, none of us can do anything on our own. None of us. You know, we often say, well, he found Jesus. That person found Jesus. Can I just tell you something? Did not find Jesus. Jesus found him. Jesus found her. God is looking after you. He's going after you by his spirit. His Holy Spirit is wooing you and drawing you and drawing other people to himself. He's the one seeking you out. You didn't seek him out. He sought you out. This should make us feel pretty special. God wants you more than you even want him. He initiates relationship with us through his son. It's amazing. He comes to Samuel. I love Jeremiah 30 because Jeremiah 30, 21 talks about our response to God's initiation. Their leader will be one of their own. Their ruler will arise from among them. Listen to this. I will bring him near. And he will come close to me. For who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? I always love that. It always touches my heart when I read that. Because I feel like it's the spirit of God saying, I, will, I feel like he's saying to me, son, I, I want to draw you near. That's my heart. I want to bring you close. And you will come close to me. In other words, God initiates and says, Ian, I want you to come close. I'm making a way through my son. My Holy Spirit's drawing you. And then I say, yes, Lord, I'll come. And I, I don't just say, yes, I come. I say, I will devote myself to coming to you. Now, you know what devotion means, right? It means priority. It means focus. It means if I devote myself to my wife as her husband, it means she is the only woman in my life. I devote myself to loving her for the rest of my days. I commit myself to her. And I think the Spirit of God says, who will devote himself or herself to coming close to me? Who will make that a priority? Who will say that is the biggest thing in my life, is coming close to the Father, hearing his heart, and living out of that? I hear God's call. I call you to come close. Will you come close? Will you devote yourself? I think we say, God, I'll devote myself. I, I feel weak, God. I don't know if I can... Devote myself very well. I feel frail. I get sidetracked. I'm tempted. And he goes, no, no, I understand that. I'll work with that. I'll, I'll touch your heart. I'll stir you. I'll bring you into a tighter place. But will you devote yourself? Will you make a choice? Will you say, God, you're first. I want to be close to you. You know, this whole thing with the Father, he, he just loves us. He wants to be near. I sense that at times. There's times I've gotten so dry in my relationship and so stale. 
and, and I'm just all about the business, you know, of being a pastor in the kingdom. And I'm kind of boring. It must be boring to God. It's like, oh, goodness, here he comes again. He's going to give me another list of stuff he needs to see happen and problems. And, and I don't think he's that way. I think he's more gracious than that. But, but I've sensed his heart at times tell me when I've stopped worshiping, when I've become quiet, when I'm too inward. And I feel like he tells me, you know, I just miss you. I miss you. Then I realize this isn't just some business. This isn't just about what we're going to accomplish. This is about a father and son. This is about a relationship with the one who made me and loves me. He just says, would you come close and present yourself? Would you just, I just miss you. I want to be near you. Can I tell you, God loves you and he wants to be near you. And he even accepts wherever you're at. He knows that you struggle. He knows your weakness. And sometimes the weakness stops us. You ever been there? I don't feel very spiritual these days. I better stay away from God because I don't, I'm not worthy to go sit before him because I, I'm just so unspiritual. I haven't read my Bible in three years. Well, hopefully it's not that bad. But, you know, it's just been a long time. And God says, no, I just want you. You know, I just want you to come. I mean, you might still be stuck in that whole God loves me, God hates me routine. Hopefully not, but I've been there in my life in the past. I read my Bible today. I read four chapters. God loves me, right? He's looking down, gold star, ding. I'm pleased with you, son. Then the next day, I didn't read anything, right? I didn't even pray. Then I'm like, oh, I'm a loser now. God hates me, son. Big X today. Next day, I did okay. Like, do you ever live that way? Again, don't put your hands up. It's okay. But I've been there. And so then what happens? On the days it's not so good, I feel like, yeah, I can't. I haven't really, I, I can't really come to him today. I'm kind of a loser today. Listen, on those days, he probably wants me to come more to him, right? Like, like your child, right? If your child's struggling, you're not going to go, son, you didn't do so well today. You know, I see you crying a lot and being angry. And, uh, you know, get yourself together and come back tomorrow when your attitude's a little better, right? Like, you wouldn't deal with your kid like that. I mean, you, you, you know, you might feel like that, but you wouldn't, right? You, you would help your child to get through that somehow so that they could grow and they could, they could be, you know, maturing. And you, but you'd love them through it. You'd, you, you'd be with them. See, that's how God is to us. I will bring him near and he will come close to me. For who is he or she who will devote himself to be close to me? Who will devote himself, commit himself or herself to being close, to walking with me? That's God's heart, I believe. Psalm 65. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. Isn't that interesting? Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Revelation 3.20. You know, we've often used this verse for people that don't know Jesus. I don't think it's bad to use it for people that don't know Jesus. But the context is actually for believers. This is actually Jesus coming to believers, if you read the context. Churchgoers, right? He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now think about what's being offered there. Hey, are you in there? Hey, guy, uh, I want to come in. I want to eat with you. 
No, I don't, I don't want to just freeload. I actually, I want to come in and I want to have communion with you. I want to enjoy my time with you. Hey, hey, can you let me in? Now, the implication is that you don't necessarily let him in. If he stands at the door of your heart and knocks, it means that just because you're a Christ follower doesn't mean you fully let him in. Do you hear what I'm saying? It means like he's coming like, hey, I want, like if you look at it, it he's talking there about communion, about closeness. I will come in and eat with that person. Do you, do you realize how many great things happen around food? <laughs> Isn't it? Food is good, right? I mean, Jesus liked food. He ate a lot. I mean, in measure, I think. But, but he did. Maybe he was on the keto diet. We don't know. He might have been. But, but my point is, is that, that Jesus liked food. And a lot of good stuff happens around food, right? You're sitting there laughing. You know, you're eating. You're talking. And, and if you look at Jesus' disciples, I think they like food. I think they did a lot of stuff around food. And I think they enjoy themselves. And so Jesus is saying, look, I want to come in and have a meal with you. I want to sit down. I want us to have a good chat over a meal. Do you see the picture? It's not like I stand at the door and knock. Let me come in. I want to judge you. I want to judge your life. I want to tell you where you're wrong. I want to show you the, like, no, I want to come in. I want to sit down and have a meal with you. I want to commune with you. Wow. So, my thought is this. I don't think that's a one-time thing. I don't think it's like, Jesus, I open my heart to relationship with you, and forever it's open. I think that's ongoing. I think that's almost like every day in my life. Because I get busy. Because I get consumed. And I think Jesus comes frequently. Hey, Ian. Hello, remember me? I want to come in. I want to talk to you again. I want to have another meal with you. It's been a while. <laughs> hey, are you in there? <laughs> open the door to me. You're being a hermit, okay? Right? I think that's what he's doing. I think it's ongoing. And we need to hear him, and we need to let him in. And I think sometimes it changes how it looks. This isn't static. I think sometimes what was an acceptable level of connection at one level, a season of our life, I think it changes. In the next season, we're like, man, I got to go deeper. In fact, I, in my own heart and life, God allows me to be buffeted. He allows me to go through tough stuff. He allows me to even experience dryness so that my hunger for him increases. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I need God. He's like, yeah, you do. And I've been knocking, and you haven't been opening the door lately, so I've kind of allowed you to feel how it is. And I'm like, yeah, no, please come in. Please come in. I need you to speak to me, and I need to commune with you. I think that's how it works. You know, when I was 16 years old, I had my initial invitation from the Lord. I kind of had my Samuel moment. You know, I've shared this before. It's written in my book. I, I was a good kid, didn't swear, you know, and just a nice guy. And everybody liked me. And I had, a, you know, I'd give my life to Jesus. And I knew, I knew him, but I never read his word. I didn't have a hunger. I never uh, spent time in prayer. Like I just was dry, 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 dry. But when I was 16, he came to me. It's interesting when I think back at it. Like, what was it that sparked that? What was it that changed my life? All I can think of is, I had a Samuel moment. Holy Spirit came to me. Hey, Ian. I want to come in. I want to speak to you. I want to spend time with you. And you know, thankfully at that age, I devoted myself. I would come home every day for two hours. I thought it was normal for a teenager to do that. I mean, I was like, come home from school. I'd spend two hours. I mean, of course, I had the time. I was a teenager. I get it. But I would spend like two hours in prayer and worship in the Word every day. Wow. <laughs> just think about it. 
but I was hungry. And I just went, okay, I'm in. And I just spent the time. And that was my first Samuel moment. You know, at other times in my life, as life has changed and I don't have those two hours every afternoon and my life's a little more full, God has had to come to me and encourage me to approach him in other ways. And my life has changed. And, you know, we, we have kids and we have families. And, and here's where I think we can be in trouble. Can I, can I just encourage you with this? We make excuses. And we say, well, when I'm out of this season or when this changes or when that ends in my life or this happens, then I will really get serious and give time to God. Can I encourage you with something? That never happens. Anybody hear me on this? Never happens. Because something else happens, Right? Like maybe things aren't quite as busy at home, but now the job and now this and now that. Unless it's our focus, no matter what, it won't ever really be our focus. Do you hear me on this? Isaiah 55 says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. I love that part. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You know, what I've equated that to is there's seasons in my life where I have felt this. I've heard this. And it's like the Holy Spirit's coming to me in a new way. I don't know if you sense this. And I, I, in my life, I apply that to the Lord saying, hey, Ian, I'm near right now. I'm near. I'm ready to take you to another level. Are you ready? And I think at those moments, we need to go, yes, open the door, call on him while he's near. Yes, you are inviting me again. Yes, I want to go deeper. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what it's going to be like. I want to go deeper. I want to know you more. I want greater freedom. I think that's so important. Some of my most significant breakthroughs in my life have come when I determined to seek him in a season. I remember once, and I won't get into details, but I fasted and prayed. And during the fasting and praying time, the Lord gave me a, a, which I've shared with you folks, many of you that are part of this church. Um, he gave me a, a dream that was significant for me. It, it is a, a life dream about him as a father and me as a child and abiding in him and being fruitful. And that came out of fasting and prayer. That came out of presenting myself to him and saying, God, I'm serious. And he went, son, I know you're serious. I'm going to speak to you. Um, recently, when I fasted and prayed about our church, I'll be honest, I don't like fasting. Pastor, you should love fasting. All pastors love fasting. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. But that's part of what it is. Fasting is meant to be a sacrifice. It's meant to be like, God, I, I'm giving this up so I can seek you, so I can hear you. Let me just say something. Sometimes we turn to all sorts of other ways, and God just says, why don't you just devote yourself? Why don't you just press in? Why don't you just give some things up right now? Why don't you just turn away from that thing that's salving your soul and give up a bit of food and you know what? Press into me and see what I'll say to you. All of a sudden, God speaks. It's easy to forget that, and I've forgotten it at times. Okay, secondly, so first, God initiates. Secondly, we respond boldly. First Samuel 3.10, the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. He boldly responded. Yes, I hear you. Speak. Now, it sounds like God was standing there, so it's pretty bold. I mean, I'd be in awe. The Lord was standing there. But he says, yes, we respond boldly. Hebrews 4 says this. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is an amazing picture if we really think about it. If you look back to the book of Esther, think of the story, and some may not be familiar with it, but in the book of Esther in the Bible, there was a really tough time that the Jews were going through. In fact, there was an edict that they'd all be destroyed on a certain day. It was terrible. You think about a whole culture being destroyed. And Esther, who was a Jew, was the queen. And of course, she had a king, who was her husband. In the end, she approaches, after fasting and prayer, she approaches the king. And to approach the king without being called upon to come near, you could be killed. Right? Like, what are you doing here? Off with her head. That's how it worked, right? She knew that. She took risks. She went in uninvited, and she said, and the king held his gold scepter out. It says he held out the scepter to her. She touched it, which meant he was extending grace to her. He was saying, I welcome you in. Then when he welcomed her in, she presented her request, which was that her people would be saved. And she interceded on behalf of her people. It's like prayer. She was standing in the gap for her people. And the king responded, and her people were saved. Now, why do I tell you that story? That, to me, is a picture of what it's like with us and God. He says, come boldly to the throne. We're like, I could never come to the king of kings and lord of lords and present my little requests or, you know, come and, 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 and intercede for that person. Or He says, no, no, come boldly. And it's almost like when you and I come forward, I see him extending his scepter, gold scepter, showing grace, and we touch it. It's like, you're welcome. Come on in. See, she came in uninvited. She came in at a certain moment. That's a picture for us and God, too. He actually extends a blanket opportunity for us to come to him. So whenever you and I come to him, he says, this is a good time. Come on in. This is a good time. Come on in. You can come to the throne of grace and find grace and help in your time of need. See, whatever you're going through right now today, I feel the Holy Spirit wants you to know there is grace for you. And sometimes there are people here that you've said, Lord, this is impossible. There's no way I can break through this. This is, this is beyond my scope. And he says to you today, yes, it's beyond your scope, but it's not beyond my scope. I have grace for you in this time of need. There is more for you than you know. And as you boldly come to me and request it, I feel the Holy Spirit say, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to move in ways you have not seen before. And I'm going to touch your spirit and touch your life and even open doors that have not been opened to you before as you come to me. This is a season of favor. This is a season of increase and release. And I feel the Holy Spirit says, don't be small in your prayers. And don't be slight in your approach. Be bold. And the other thing I sense is he says, throw away the lies from the past that would tell you not to come and it doesn't matter. Throw away the disappointments. Determine that you're going to push through that and come to me because in this moment and time of favor, I'm going to do something fresh in your life. Believe it. The throne of grace is open to you. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Psalm 5.3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Wait for what? Wisdom, direction, truth. I wait morning by morning. I respond boldly. I present myself. And lastly, and I'm done. We receive truth. God initiates. We respond boldly. 
we receive truth. The Lord said to Samuel, see I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it about it tingle. Proverbs 8.32 says this, Now then, my children, listen to me, meaning wisdom. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction, be wise. Do not disregard it. Listen to this. This is talking about wisdom. But let me just say something. Who is the personification of wisdom? Jesus. (laughs) He is all wisdom, right? Our relationship with God is all wisdom. How to live, how to walk. He says, blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors. For those who find me, find wisdom, find relationship with Jesus, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Wow. He's just saying, blessed are those who watch daily at my doors. Habakkuk 2 says this, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. Habakkuk is saying, I'm I'm actually positioning myself to see what God will say. Do you you see the positioning? God, you're going to speak to me. God, you want to talk to me. You want to meet with me. I'm going to position myself to receive from you. That could be as simple, folks, as just having a regular time to sit before God and listen to him. Simple, right? But I'm positioning myself. I am putting this in as a devotion piece. This is a focus piece. I will stand on my watch. I will look to see what he will say to me. Isn't that an interesting, I will look to see what he will say to me? It's interesting. It's like looking to him and saying, speak to me. Say, say to me. And what, what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Here's the thing I want to say about this. I think having a regular pattern of letting God speak to us and writing it down and learning to hear his voice is so key. This has built my faith more than I can tell you over years. When I actually hear something, that I wrote down, that I took note of, and then later it happened, I know I heard God. You hear what I'm saying? And when the devil says, you never hear God, you don't, I'll go, no, I did, right here. I heard him because I wrote it down, because I made a note, because I was determined to do that. Can I encourage you with something? I think, and you may say, well, I'm not really a journaler. I don't like writing stuff down. That's okay, start with something. You could write a word down, whatever. But here, can I lovingly encourage you? To, to, to consider buying a journal and starting daily to write down what God's speaking to you. You know, I write down the scriptures that he gives me for that day that stand. I will write those scriptures down. I will write impressions he gives me. I just had something Thursday, which I can't go into full detail about, but uh, probably later I'll give you more details, where I was sitting praying in the morning with my journal and the Lord spoke some things to me that I wrote down. It's clear things. One of them was, I'm going to begin to open doors. This is a season of open doors. That's what he told me. Where doors have been shut for you and your ministry, I'm going to start opening doors. That's what he told me. And he told me something else that was very significant from my past, but he said he was going to repeat it again. That afternoon, I got a call that related to everything he told me in the morning. And I went, wow, (laughs) I'm so glad I wrote that down, right? Because when I got the call, I thought, okay, God, you're serious about this. Can I confidently tell you, because I'm absolutely confident, God's going to open doors for this church. God's going to open doors for you. 
and where there's been tight places here and where it's been difficult and challenging. God knows those of us who have been part of this church for a while understand that. God is going to open doors. I know it. He told me, and he's starting to do it. Can I encourage you to pray into that? Start praying for that. Say, God, open doors. I don't know what it means, but for this church, open doors, provision, greater exposure, whatever it means, God, I thank you that you're going to open doors. You have release for all of us. I just, I tell you that boldly and confidently because he spoke it and he's proving it to be true. Write it down. Learn to. Even if it's not your thing, just start to. Just start to. And see what he'll do. Because he wants to speak to you. He wants you to gain a confidence. And sometimes we think, well, if I write that down, what if it's not God? Well, if it's not God, I mean, show somebody else who's mature. You know, I wrote this morning in my journal that Jesus is actually a Martian and that he's going to come back on March 23rd. What do you think about that? Well, son, I think you're off base. Were you eating mushrooms when you did that? No, I mean, but seriously, we need people in our lives when we hear things to say, look, is this of God? And, and you can run it by people. Or if it's against the word of God, if it's not biblical, then you know it's not God. But sometimes we're so afraid to try to hear God, we don't even try. We don't even bother. We don't even take the risk. You know what you can do is ask a question of the Lord. Father, what would you say to your son today? What would you say to your daughter today? And then just start writing what you feel he's telling you. And then just use the filters I'm talking about to see if it's of God. And then if it comes true, wouldn't that be amazing? You're like, I heard God. He speaks to me, right? Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So God initiates. We respond boldly. We receive truth. So the next steps, next steps. I just encourage you to step forward into whatever God's calling you to do. If it's to set a regular time to come to him and present yourself to him, if it's to be more deliberate about listening, about presenting yourself, spending time, getting a journal, starting to write things down, whatever it is, just go the next step, okay? Just take the next step because he's knocking. So just open the door. Just take the next step. Does that make sense? Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca.